today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. You need to understand here, who is he talking to, church? He's talking to Christians. He's talking to men and women just like you and I who have made a commitment to the Lord, who love the Lord. And he's saying, you know what? You need to lay aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all evil speaking. Why in the world would he tell people who are born again to lay all that stuff aside? Unless he knew that human nature, we still deal with those things. And that we still need to continually be laying those things aside. As a Christian, you're called to be as much like Jesus as you can. To do this means that you must know his character and try to replicate it. Pastor David teaches you today that even the very first Christians struggled to accomplish this. The struggle against our own humanity has always and will continue to be difficult. Nonetheless, Through loving Jesus and letting that love influence you, you can become a light to the world. Keep pushing forward to be more like Him. Show His love through kindness and service. Now here's Pastor David in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. As he continues his message, there was only one Simon. greatest thing that you can do as a parent in the greatness of your love for them is to teach them obedience with repercussions, okay, with quick, precise consequences to their sin and to their disobedience. I I worry about this present young generation. I think I talked about this last week, or maybe it was at the men's conference. My kids aren't going to hear this, so I can rat on them, Uh, but... And don't you tell them, okay? But I'll, I'll just take, I'll, I'll take parents, or, or yeah, parents of, of this current time. And I know I'm old-fashioned. I, I, I know that. I understand that. But I think I'm also biblical in this. When a child does something bad and a parent says, go sit on the naughty step. I know I'm not going to make some friends here, but there's just some times that you need to get their attention before they go sit down. And the quickest way to get their attention is through a little tap on the behind. Okay? I, am not, I am not saying beat your children. I'm not saying child abuse. I'm saying that, again, get their attention. You may not agree with me, but hey, you got to love me because the Bible says you have to. Okay. <laughs> You'll never get through First and Second Peter this way. Look what he says in verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. And when he says purify, 
your, your, your souls. That, that, that doesn't mean that I brought about my own righteousness in any way. Don't get confused with that. Don't read into that something that's not there. You have purified your souls in obeying. Again, it comes to that deal of obedience. When I'm walking in obedience, when I'm doing the right thing, there's less garbage that I've got to push through. But if, but if I'm disobedient here and I'm disobedient here, and yet I know, man, I need to do the right thing over here. Well, I've got to push through all the garbage that I've allowed in my life or that I've done in my life in order to be able to even get to the point of doing the right thing. We purify our souls when we make those right decisions. And it gives us then the ability to continue walking toward that idea, that understanding of having that pure heart. He says, we've been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Look over in verse two. Therefore, laying aside... That word is cast aside. That means to, to take it and just throw it away. Get, get rid of it. Not just, oh, here, I'll, I'll just lay this over here on the coffee table so that I can grab it a, a little bit later. No, he says, take this out with the trash and let them burn it. Laying aside all malice. And, and, and that's just wickedness. All deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all evil speaking. Now, you need to understand here, who is he talking to, church? He's talking to Christians. He's talking to men and women just like you and I who have made a commitment to the Lord, who love the Lord. And he's saying, you know what? You need to lay aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all evil speaking. Why in the world would he tell people who are born again to lay all that stuff aside? Unless he knew that human nature we still deal with those things. And that we still need to continually be laying those things aside. Man, lay it aside, he said. Lay it aside. You think that's the first time that he ever asked him to do that? No, probably not. Even as he spoke with him in his travels, in his journeys, lay it aside, lay it aside. Why do you think that throughout the word of God, the word says lay aside every sin that so easily besets you, run with patience, the race that is set before you. Why? Because we need to continually be laying this junk off, laying this junk off. But the problem is, is too often we take and we lay it on the counter. Yeah, I don't want to go back there. Uh-uh. No, that messed me up. I don't want to go back there again because I know that that's not good for me. As a matter of fact, you know, I can look at that right there and I can take that and I can, yeah, that's not, that's not good. Boy, that's not good for me. Boy. And then pretty soon we're back right into whatever it is, the malice, the envy, the anger, Evil speaking, we're, we're right into it because we're not casting it off. We're not laying it aside to the point of, again, being done with those things. Beloved, that is a continual, I don't know about you, but that's a continual battle for me. And I kind of guess that you're probably in my same boat. We all got on the same cruise ship together, okay? And it's the same battle, cast it aside. And then as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. Anybody in here got a new baby? Anybody in here? What's the youngest baby? Sometimes we have some back in the cry room. I don't know. Uh, youngest baby. Anybody got uh, a child younger than five? 
Younger than five. Okay, how old are they? Three. Two, three. Both, both of them three. Do you remember like when they were young and they were like hungry? And didn't they say, ah, that's okay, later. At your convenience, mom. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. No, it was like, man, they desired it. And, and you had to take care of that. Now put that with what Peter is saying here. As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word. That's in order that you can grow. Because if you didn't feed them, oh, you'd get arrested for child abuse because that baby would not grow. I think you can spank them, but you got to feed them too, okay? Uh, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> this is going out on the radio someday too, so. Okay. Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Cassie Grant, arrested for it. Yeah. That they may, it's going to come to that time though, but I'm not going to back off. That they may grow, that you may grow thereby. That is, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. If you know the Lord is good, if you, if, if you know the sweetness of the Lord, then you ought to have in your life that desire to grow in his word. Oh, you're, you're verse... You need to, verse, I can't, I can't skip it. Verse four, coming to him. <laughs> Come to him as, as to a living stone. He was rejected indeed by men, but he was chosen by God. He was precious. Oh, and by the way, you also, you're living stones. And you're being built up together as a spiritual house. You're being built up together as a holy priesthood. You're being built up together to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Each one of us come, coming together as houses of worship. What's the sacrifice that we have? A broken and a contrite heart he, he will not despise. Oh, the praises and the worship. Obedience. I was listening. <laughs> Actually, don't think me too weird, but I was actually listening to myself on the radio today. Uh, it's amazing what I learn when I listen to that guy. Um, but uh, one, of the, one of the things it reminded me of is Christ learned obedience through suffering. And, and unless you spend some time and you think about that, you're not, you don't really catch that. How do you learn obedience through suffering? By telling the flesh No. I'm telling the flesh, no, you, you, no, you can't have that. No, you can't go there. No, you can't follow that train of thought. No, you can't follow that attitude. No, you cannot go in those actions. Is that really suffering? Yeah, my flesh is crying out. So why are you treating me so bad? Because I want you to die. I want you to die. You see, we learn obedience through sacrifice. Telling the flesh, no. And we then offer up that sacrifice of worship and praise to him. Oh, gosh. Verse 11, jump down to uh, yeah, chapter 2, verse 11. Both Peter and Paul regularly, uh, Paul, I see it regularly there, and, and here Peter's saying, he says, I beg you, I beg you. Paul says, I, I beseech you, I urge you. Do you think that these guys were serious 
about their desire that the body of Christ would do what they're supposed to do. It's not because they were building their own kingdom, but it was because they knew the attack of the world on each one of these. They, they, they knew the battles that were raging. Oh, I might not know your battle exactly or your battle exactly, but I know that each one of us are battling with the flesh, with the world and with Satan himself and this demonic influence in the world. Every one of us battle with this. And that's why he says, man, I beg you as sojourners, in other words, you're pilgrims, don't, don't make this place, don't drive your tent pegs too deep here. You are sojourners here. I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts because they war against the soul. War against the soul. Here's a real kicker. Sunday you came to church and I said, hey, listen, I know you didn't know this, but uh, I was talking to the guys over in Israel that I know, these technology guys. And they came out with this great little deal of technology. And like last week when you were here, you know, when I, when I gave you that big hug, I kind of tapped you on the side of the neck there. Oh, we really kind of implanted this thing from the technology in Israel. And it's been able to record every thought, every action, every move that you've made for this last week. And by the way, we've got it on the screen today to, to show everybody. How many of you would be, whoa, I'm out of here. Uh, or, or, you know, again, no, you're not going to show every thought that I've had this week. Every direction that my, my mind went, my attitude went, the things that I was going to say to my spouse, the things that I, that I, that I, that I was going to say to my boss, the, the things that my eyes went, the things that my mind went, the sins of omission as well as the sins of commission. All, no, don't show that. What, what, Paul, what Peter is saying here, have your conduct honorable among Gentiles. Now, whenever they speak against you as evildoers, they may actually, by your good works, which they are able to observe, that they would actually glorify God in the day of their own visitation or their, their own conversion. Man, it was because of what you said to me back five years ago that I came to Christ. It's because I was watching you at work and I saw your attitude and I know I gave you a hard time as, as a believer and we used to tease you to, to no end, but yet you remained firm and consistent because as your neighbor, I saw you in your family and all that you went through. And I thought to myself at that point, ha, they say they're Christians. Let's see what their God does for them now. And I saw your God work and move. Having your conduct honorable among your neighbors, among your co-workers, among your family, among your community. That when they speak evil against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe today glorify God in the day of their own visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it's to the king as supreme or to governors. Yeah, Paul speaks about that too, about giving authority to whom authority is due. Yeah, but you don't understand. We've got so-and-so in the White House. Well, that's okay. 
few years ago, we had so-and-so in the White House then, another so-and-so. And you know what? In another two years, we may have another so-and-so. It should not impact the way that we live our lives for Christ. It should not impact the way that, again, we stand for the things of Christ. Especially when you realize that when Peter is writing that, Nero is on the throne. Put that beside Trump or Obama or Clinton or Bush or whomever your you know, most evil one of the uh, you know, thing is. That kept me off the hook. I named them from every realm. Okay? <laughs> Verse 16. As free and yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice but as bondservants of God. Honor the people you like. Man, I wish it said that. It would be. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor President Trump. That's what it says. That's what it says. But it goes on, servants, you need to be submissive to your masters. Then it goes on, verse uh, chapter 3, wives, likewise, you need to be submissive to your husbands. And then over in verse 7, husbands, likewise, you need to deal with your wives with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. I want to tell you one thing real quick, and this is no extra charge on this. This is free. I have seen husbands that have treated their wives worse than they would a friend of theirs. I've seen wives that have said things to their husbands that they would not say to their girlfriend. I've seen husbands and wives treat each other in ways that you think, you know what? The Word of God says that when you guys came together, you came together as, as, as one flesh, and that's just not the, 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 the sexual acts. That means that you have, you have come together, you have formed together. And yeah, right now my shoulder is hurting. But I don't, I don't curse this shoulder. But you know what? I'm babying that shoulder, even though it's hurting me. If you, if you go out tonight in the middle of the night and you get up in this dark and you stub your toe... You might curse the, the, the chest of drawers over there, but, but your toe, you're going to care for. You're going you're to be tender to that toe. Husbands and wives, and it's interesting to me that in particular, it brings it to us husbands. I started to say you husbands, but I got to throw myself in the boat. To us husbands, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. I've heard that weaker vessel described several different ways. The one that I think is more in line with what Peter is trying to say here is that fine porcelain dish. Fine, beautiful, precious, cherished porcelain dish. Oh, it's it's weaker than the you know the uh, the the clay pot over there. Yeah, because it can break easier. And guys, your wife's heart can break easier. She can be cracked. She can be damaged. In many ways, she's a weaker vessel. 
But I also want to tell you this. In many ways, uh, I'm, I'm married to a gal. There's a lot of ways that she's stronger. But I love what Peter says here. Let's see that precious, that weaker vessel. Honor her. And you both together, your heirs together of the grace of life. And he says that I need to be doing that. We need to be doing that, guys, in order that our prayers may not be hindered. The most foolish prayer that a guy, that a husband can pray is, Lord, that woman you gave me. Because I don't think that prayer is going to be answered. I think the prayer that might be answered is, Lord, that woman you gave me, I need to grow in my love. I need to grow in my care for her. And it's hard right now. But you know what? We come with that attitude versus, no, I'm not, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to honor. I've, I've got a bone to pick with you, God, because no, uh-uh, you're in trouble. Your prayers are going to be hindered. Keep going, otherwise you'll never get through. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for what? One another. So it's not just one person or another. No, it's all of us having compassion for one another. Skip over to chapter 5. I know we skipped a whole chapter and most of another one. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. And he gives a charge to any who are serving in leadership within the church. He's saying elders, yes, but I believe that it's anyone that is in areas of leadership of church. I think that, again, the principle is there. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Man, there's so much that I could say about that and what's going on in what is, quote, unquote, the church in America today. Because I believe that there are a lot that are lording it over the flock, that are fleecing the flock, that are abusing the sheep that God has placed under their care. Can God use them? The amazing thing is, is I still see people healed. I still see people delivered. I still see people saved. But I look at that ministry and I think, man, you're going to stand before Almighty God after all of that. Because he says, if you do it right, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock, then when the chief, appear, chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, all you young people submit to the elders. Chapter 2 talks about the coming of the Lord, and I still wanted to get that, but you guys would not listen fast enough. <laughs> I, love, I love First and Second Peter. They're they so rich. It's like almost a line after line after line. It's just, wow, how can you skip through that? But then, you know, we've been trying to do that through the whole Bible. That's why I say through a year more or less. Uh, and we will pick that back up because we got to do Second Peter. we got to do Second Peter. That's all we have time to share today, but we're so glad you've joined us. 
Isn't the Bible a fascinating book to read? There's incredible historical events, crazy scenarios, and a variety of people to keep you intrigued along the way. We hope you'll continue to join us here on The Open Word as Pastor David takes you through the Bible. If what you heard today sparked your interest and you'd like to know more about faith and even who God really is, please contact us. We'd love to talk more with you and share some even more incredible news about your future and the one who can change it, Jesus. Give us a call at 520-836-9676. Again, that's 520-836-9676. If social media is a part of your life, you can connect with us there too. Come like our Facebook page and keep up to date with what's happening at The Open Word and Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. You'll find a link to our website, theopenword.com. Would you like to hear more messages from this series? Here's Pastor David to tell you how. Thanks, Chris. You know, any time you spend in God's Word is valuable. And I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. I know busy schedules can make that hard, but being able to listen to it could just change all that. All of the messages I've shared from the Bible here on The Open Word, they're available to you to listen to online at theopenword.com. Feel free to download them and even share them with anyone you think would benefit. That website again is theopenword.com. Thanks, Pastor David, and thank you for tuning in to The Open Word. Make us more and more.